Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, it's Election Day. The media narrative about the significance of the midterms is that it is the first national election since the riot at the Capitol. But the real significance is that it could dramatically change the balance of power in Washington. We'll preview the Ohio Senate race, the other key races to watch tonight, and whether we can expect any challenges to the results. Also this morning, the American Legion is calling for renewed attention on the tragedy of veteran suicide, with an emphasis on intervention as a way to support those who have served this Veterans Day. And it's easy to let your personal health and wellness slide during the hectic holiday season. We'll tell you how to avoid letting bad habits replace good ones. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Today, in addition to it being Election Day, which is the big thing, of course, it is also Abet and Aid Punsters Day, (laughs) Cook Something Bold Day, National Cappuccino Day, National Dunce Day, which can we still do that? Is that allowed in this politically correct environment? I thought... uh, You know, the whole idea of a dunce, that was insensitive. We couldn't do that. But it says it is National Dunce Day, so I suppose the rules are suspended for that. National Harvey Wallbanger Day. National Parents as Teachers Day. (laughs) The past couple of years with the pandemic, uh, uh, parents are saying to teachers, no, thank you. I'm I'm just fine with that. Parents as Teachers Day, World Town Planning Day, and it is X-Ray Day today, so reasons to celebrate. So yeah, the Powerball drawing was delayed because of a, well, they called it a technical problem, but apparently one of the states uh, did not. My initial thought was, when I read this story, and uh, they referred to it as a technical problem. I was like, what, did the the fan in the uh, ball uh, container go on the fritz or something? <laughs> you know, they went to flip the switch to jumble up the balls and uh, the fan didn't work or something. Something simple like that. But apparently it was a security, uh, security check that was not completed with uh, one of the states that participates in the lottery. Don't know which one. But they said the drawing will not be completed until all game procedures have been uh, successfully completed. So uh, no drawing yet. Once the issue is resolved, the winning numbers will be posted on Powerball.com. Excuse me, on Powerball.com. And the drawing, uh, the video of the drawing itself will be available on the Powerball YouTube channel. Um. by the way, the uh, so $1.9 billion in limbo here while we await the official numbers. Um, the cash option, by the way, $929.1 million. Not too shabby there. I guess if you are the holder of the winning ticket, <laughs> then... Uh, you can wait an extra few hours for this, but no word on when the issue might be resolved. And as of right now, uh, it is still up there on the website that uh, results are pending. So do you see the uh, apparently oddly enough, they don't play the Powerball in Nevada. So if you're in Las Vegas, you can't play the 
Powerball. But uh, Las Vegas, of course, is uh, very close to the California border where they do play the Powerball. And the lines were like two hours long. They were like lines around the block, people waiting to get Powerball tickets, which is crazy. Uh, so, um, by the way, if you are, I thought this was kind of interesting. If you are dreaming of buying a Lamborghini with the Powerball jackpot, you are certain to win. You might find that as it turns out, there are things that money can't buy. And a Lamborghini is apparently one of them. Stefan Winkleman, the CEO of Lamborghini, tells ABC News that the supercar company has sold more than 7,400 vehicles in the first nine months of the year and is on track to beat its sales record of 8,400 units uh, that they uh, set last year. So it's going to be a record-setting year for Lamborghini. Um, And uh, if you do find yourself holding the winning Powerball ticket, uh, be prepared for disappointment when you show up to your local dealership because they uh, basically Mr. Winkleman says there might be a few used cars available <laughs> used Lamborghini hey if i win a 2 billion dollar lottery jackpot i don't want no used car i want to know, but the uh, 99.9% of the inventory is sold out uh and chances are you will not be able to find a new car according to the CEO of Lamborghini so you can scratch that from your list of things that you want to buy with the uh, Powerball jackpot. The uh, big story, of course, is uh, the election and uh, whether this will be a jackpot for recover, uh, Republicans. A reporter asked President Biden at the uh, White House yesterday what the next two years of his presidency would look like after the midterms. And he responded by saying that they would be more difficult. That's what he said. What will the next two years look like? More difficult, he said. He knows it, and everyone knows it, that Republicans are most likely going to take control of Congress. Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, the chief twit, uh, tweeted out to his 110 million-plus followers yesterday, uh, saying to independent-minded voters, this was his tweet, to independent-minded voters, shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the presidency is Democratic. And um, I thought to myself, that's uh, actually not bad advice. That was one of the I remember uh, when I was uh, very young, uh, when I was just starting to become interested in politics as a teenager. And that was a lesson that my my dad actually imparted to me. uh, His uh, approach to politics is that. Uh, split government actually is the best government. Whatever parties in the White House, other parties should control Congress, vice versa. Uh, because, yes, a lot of times when that happens, nothing gets done, and that's probably a good thing. And our forefathers were very wise in setting it up that way, making it very difficult for either party to muck things up <laughs> if if the other party was in control of the Congress. That's the why, That's the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be combative. It's supposed to be, to a certain extent, dysfunctional. Um, and I thought that was very wise advice that my dad uh, gave me all those years ago, and I have tried to uh, keep that in the back of my mind uh, when uh, looking at politics. Because generally, if there is a big, big thing that we need to fix, uh, 
or we need to address, like post 9-11. Everybody comes together uh, on big things like that. But the everyday run-of-the-mill policy issues, when you have this conflict and you can't get anything done, that may be a good thing because all too often, uh, both parties, if they were to uh, be able to push their agenda through without any opposition, uh, would probably not be a good thing. But anyway, that's just my uh, take on it there. Uh, former President Trump yesterday made the uh, big headlines, too. While saying that he didn't want to detract from this week's election, he said yesterday in his rally in Ohio, in Dayton, uh, that he had a big announcement to make uh, on November 15th. So <laughs> when he said he didn't want to detract from the midterms, he detracted from the midterms by announcing that he'd make an announcement on November 15th. Uh, while campaigning for Republicans in Ohio on Monday, it says here Trump noted he will deliver a big announcement, news of a big announcement at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida on November 15th. Um, it is widely expected, of course, that he will announce his bid for another White House run in 2024. So we'll see. But, uh, that is the other big story that people are buzzing about today couple of other things among the first things that you need to know this morning we get our uh, tuesday morning started follow up to a story that we had last week alexander Tominsky has completed his mission of eating 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days uh we, <laughs> we mentioned this last week uh that in america today you can be famous for anything case in point the philadelphia man celebrated his accomplishment of eating 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days Sunday afternoon in front of a live audience with the crowd chanting, Chicken Man, Chicken Man, Chicken Man. <laughs> Mr. Tomiski said he entered into the challenge just to make others smile, and it became more difficult as time progressed. But he documented every day on social media, Photos can be seen of him grimacing with his chicken meal um, at an abandoned pier in Philadelphia. So there you go. We are that's that's what we have that's what we have become in this country. We're, we can be famous for eating forty rotisserie chickens in forty days. I mean, it is an accomplishment, I guess, of sorts. But still, is that worth fame and fortune? Apparently so. And how about this? Something to uh, chew on here, something to consider. Think about this. Now, we'll be studying, studying the effects of the pandemic for a long, long time, and we are just now starting to discover how broadly it impacted us as human beings. The statistics show that not only did the pandemic lead to more drinking and drug use, more cases of anxiety and depression, more cases of suicide or attempted suicide, and now a new study published in the Journal of the, Journal of the American Medical Association, uh, Pediatrics, examined the volume of people seeking care for eating disorders between January of 2018 and December of 2021. Pre-pandemic, inpatient eating disorder admissions were increasing by seven-tenths of one percent per month. After the onset of the pandemic, that shot up to 7.2% per month. Wow. The pandemic correlated with an increase in the number of inpatient and outpatient adolescents and young adults seeking treatment for eating disorders like anorexia, bulimia, 
uh, binge eating disorder, and the like. The study suggests this could be due to uncertainty about the future, disruptions in daily routines, inconsistent access to food, increased time spent in triggering environments, influence from the media, and changes in access to treatment. Every single one of those impacted by the uh, pandemic. Kind of interesting there. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected again today. A high of 57. Just a few clouds tonight. Low of 38. It's election day and the big race features Democratic Congressman Tim Ryan facing Republican J.D. Vance for the opportunity to succeed retiring Ohio U.S. Senator Rob Portman. And as ONN's Angela Ann reports, it's an election packed with races and issues. Republican Governor Mike DeWine is going for a second term against Democrat Nan Whaley, the former mayor of Dayton. Also up for grabs, Ohio Attorney General, Secretary of State, Treasurer and Auditor, as well as three Ohio Supreme Court seats. There are also two constitutional amendments on the ballot. Additionally, all 15 of Ohio's U.S. House seats, as well as all 99 seats in the Ohio House will be decided, along with 17 of the 33 seats in the Ohio Senate. And among the local races we're watching, the 83rd House District race between incumbent Republican State Rep. John Cross and challenger Claire Osborne. Voters in Arlington are being asked to approve a bond issue for a new school. And in Putnam County, there's a senior citizens levy and a health district levy before voters. The polls are open until 7.30 tonight. There's been a lot of talk about election security this election. ONN's Brittany Bailey has more. We checked with multiple county boards of elections and all have reported strong early voting numbers. Once we start voting at the early vote center, the ballot box is brought back under a double lock every night. And then outside we have the drop box in our parking lot that's under 24-7 surveillance and it is emptied each day by a Democrat and a Republican. I'm Brittany Bailey. The Ring of Remembrance COVID-19 Pandemic Memorial now stands outside Blanchard Valley Hospital. It's beautiful. It's definitely worth going to see it at night and again, stand right in front of it as it's getting dark and you can just see the beautiful reflection in there. Pam Hamlin, director of Finley's Millstream Career Center, says that memorial was brought to life by welding students at the center. Get more on it on the website. Habitat for Humanity of Finley-Hancock County held its annual celebration dinner to celebrate and thank the volunteers, donors, and partner organizations who have helped Habitat stabilize and shelter families throughout this year. During the celebration, three volunteers were recognized for their contributions. Get more on that on the website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So midterm elections are always something of a unique animal. Uh, We often see a shift in the balance of power in Washington one way or the other, and we are likely going to see that again this time around. Joining us this morning is political analyst and host of the Truth Will Set You Free podcast, Anthony Russo. The question is, Anthony, is to what degree? I mean, there is a lot of conversation on the Sunday news shows about what constitutes a red wave. It's a pretty low bar to simply take control of Congress, given that the Senate is already a 50-50 split and Democrats' current House majority, I think, is down to like eight seats now. So how big do the gains have to be in your mind before you can legitimately call it a red wave? That's a good question. I, uh, so I, I have my pick, and I think that my, my numbers would actually constitute the red wave because it does have some upsets in it. 
um, and does have a, a drastic swing, especially in the House. I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that, that the House is going to go red. I think it's so questionable in the Senate. But my pick would be uh, for the for the House, I'm looking at 233 to 202. I think that that's a big enough swing to consider it a red wave, mm-hmm. at least in the House. In terms of the Senate, I've got 51-49, which last week I was at 50-50, but I do think uh, either Nevada or Arizona is going to uh, is going to topple to make that that number, and I and I think Oz is going to hold. I, I think that would consider a red wave because at this point, yeah, uh, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, again, most everyone agrees, as you do, the Republicans are likely to take the House. It is the Senate that is getting the most attention. So, what race or races are you watching most closely? Yeah, so uh, the ones that we've been, you know, Georgia, you've got Arizona, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. I right. think it'll be very interesting to see Pennsylvania not go to Oz at this point. Fetterman was 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 somehow doing well for a while, but I do think the debate exposed enough to make a, a swing towards the Republican side. Uh, most of the polls I see, not all, but most of the polls I see have that going to Oz. That means it stays Republican. So then now you look at the, the momentum from Kerry Lake and Masters in Arizona as a potential switch. Uh, potential flip, and then and then Nevada. So it could even be fifty two forty eight. I think if it's fifty two forty eight, that would to me one hundred percent confirm uh, a red wave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, of course, in Ohio, most of the polls uh, here in these uh, this this final polling has uh, J D Vance pulling ahead of Tim Ryan. But this has been a very tight race from the outset. So not a sure thing that Republicans can hang on to that seat. If Tim Ryan were to pull the upset in Ohio. Does that change the dynamic for the rest of the night at all? Uh, the great part about state elections is uh, you're really not changing the national sentiment. Nobody in California is going to go, ooh, you know what? Ohio is right. doing well this way. I'm going to change it. You don't have the opportunity. So I, I don't think it does. I think it'd be a big surprise. That would change, obviously change my numbers on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 first off, first off, I don't see it happening. But if it does happen... I, ju- I think it just goes to show that, you know, this is this is a toss up and this has been a toss up for months. At this yeah, point. Uh, I, I'm just curious as to what would be the next uh, race then that would be most important if the uh, if Republicans can hang on to Ohio, what would be the next most important race to make up for uh, that loss? Oh, I, then we go back to Georgia, because, again, that's still still a toss up. And I think that that would be a, a switch, a flip if it goes. And honestly, despite all uh, efforts that Herschel Walker did to lose that campaign, <laughs> he's actually still been gaining. He's still been gaining momentum. So I think that's another one that that could be uh, that that would fill in for the Ohio. Uh, yeah, could fill in for a potential Ohio, Ohio, uh, Ohio loss. Can can Herschel Walker avoid a runoff? Though that's the other big question in Georgia: is that you have to get that majority, not just a plurality, uh, or else it goes to a runoff. We saw that the last time around. Yeah, and, and again, great question. I think it's going to be a lot based on uh, Kemp, Kemp continuing to get stronger. I think some of their voting, uh, their voter laws are a little stricter than places like Pennsylvania. Um, so I do think that I, I think the turnout's going to be good on Republicans. They see what's going on in crime across the country, including in Atlanta. Uh, and I think that there's just going to be, I think there's going to be a sentiment on the left where they might not show up to vote because they don't know what they're voting for. They don't know if it's worth it. But I think the sentiment on the Republicans this is where the national numbers matter. The Republican voters are energized, and I think that that could topple that majority need out there. 
And uh, again, could be a 50.1, but a 50.1 is still a, a win in the, right. in the clubhouse. Yeah, a uh, very good point. Um, you bring up the uh, point that uh, there's going to be all about turnout. And uh, I think on both sides, uh, they would tell you that turnout is going to be the, the key Democrats counting on fallout from the Dobbs decision and threats to democracy to motivate uh, turnout on that side. But threats to democracy are probably an equal motivator for the Republican base as well. So that leaves the abortion question. Will that play a significant role in the outcome uh, across the country? Again, a few months ago, I would have said absolutely. At this point, when you're looking at, at again, questionable polling data, uh, it's it's three or four percent of the vote. And I and I think that at this point, those people are already those those are already voters. The ones that are already passionate about it, they're already voters. I don't think it's going to change the turnout much at this point. Uh, but we're, we play on fears uh, and, and our uh, fear of a loss of the ability to have an abortion, fear of a loss of the democracy. That's what dra- what's dragging people to the polls. And I think people on the right understand what a true threat to democracy is, which is everything continuing to be blue as 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 slowly but surely our rights are stripped away and civility in the country is is daily leaving. And especially from a place of the media and the information that we see, if we don't get a hold of it, that is actually the fear uh, of potentially losing what is our constitutional republic and the democracy that that is held underneath it? Let me let me throw back the the counter argument and get your response on this. The left has made a big deal mm-hmm. about the fact that this is the first national election since the riot at the Capitol, and they've been shouting about the number of election deniers on the ballot. Is there any chance? that we have a repeat of all of those claims about illegitimate results after the fact, or was that more just a moment in time that we saw in 2020? I think far, far from a moment in time. Unfortunately, we haven't gotten things fixed in a lot of places. Arizona is going to be one of them. If Carrie Lake, who has all the momentum, all the polling data, except for a couple left-wing polls, uh, if she loses, I think that there is going to be a, a big outcry from that camp, and she's got a loud national voice. So I don't think we've, uh, um, I guess, shored up our election process for us not to have that issue. And I do think the Republicans who, who lack in marketing typically have done a great job countering some of this extremist content questions when it comes to the fact that we've shown enough clips from the 2016 election from Stacey Abrams in, in Georgia, all of them, uh, a lot of the pundits on the left who claimed election uh, unfairness then and said that they did not believe the election. I think they've done a good job going, look, this is all of us have this. All of us question elections. So I, I think that that extreme content is no longer extreme. It's just we don't we have issues with our elections and that needs to get fixed. We will leave it there. It will be a very interesting uh, evening and probably an interesting week as we go along through the rest of this week as the uh, vote gets counted. Again, political analyst, host of the Truth Will Set You Free podcast, Anthony Russo with us this morning. Anthony, thanks very much for your insight. We appreciate it. Thank you. So as we come up on Veterans Day, it is an appropriate opportunity to revisit a topic that you'll recall we dedicated an entire show to some weeks ago, that of veteran suicide. It is the number one issue facing veterans today, and even one is one too many. And that's why the American Legion has dedicated this Veterans Day to raising awareness and imploring all of us to be the one who intervenes in the life of someone at risk. Jim Triola is National Commander of the American Legion. And uh, Commander, explain the be the one 
uh, initiative or uh, campaign. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, about, about two years ago, we decided the American Legion to prioritize veteran suicide. Our biggest priority right now amongst anything we do is to stop veteran suicide. The success of that depends on this Be The One program. We rolled it out nationally uh, We uh, before we brought it down to the post level. On a national basis, we, uh, we sponsored a sports uh, team, uh, an IndyCar racing team with two drivers, Jimmy Johnson and Tony Kanan, uh, with the Chip Ganassi racing team. And the purpose of that was just, just to roll, roll it out across the country so that people watching on TV, NBC, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we rolled it out and actually it's, it's actually received a lot of traction. So the second part of this is that this program is basically a local community program. And what it is, is, uh, we, you know, we figured out we got 12,000 plus Legion posts all throughout the world staggering number. And uh, if, to, if, if we were to take those Legion posts and make them into community um, community resource centers mm-hmm. where a veteran could step forward and speak to a Legion member based on a buddy check. We have what they call buddy checks. We call, we call veterans all, all year long and we just call them to do uh, well-being checks. You know, and uh, they really turn out well because a lot, you know, maybe somebody hasn't been in the post for a long time and yeah. you realize that, that maybe it's an aging problem or a health problem, whatever it is. So, so we, uh, so what we did was, well, first of all, there's a stigma out there of veteran not stepping forward for help. And that's one of the biggest priorities within the Be The One uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. So we have to try and remove that stigma before we can even help them. So if, uh, if we can get a, a, a Legion Post member or a community member, this is uh, all hands on deck, uh, to call a veteran, let them know it's a, that, that, that uh, there's a trusting relationship there, let them know that, it, that we're creating a safe haven for them, that uh, there's no repercussions going to be done, there's no, that everything will be held privately, and we'll get them the immediate help they need within that community. Uh, including uh, the new Veterans Crisis uh, line uh, 988 Extension 1 that's uh, available now. That's a sim- you know, we have kindergartners that know 911. Right. Uh, as part of lives, it's the same thing, you know, try and get 988 so everybody knows that number. Yeah. You know, you talk about uh, veterans uh, stepping up to help other veterans. That's a obviously a very powerful uh, connection that uh, can break through some of that stigma, but we can all uh, help in this effort uh, as well. We talk about this being a day to show appreciation for those who have served. This is perhaps one of the best ways. That's, that's correct. It's, it's, uh, it's number one is it's the veteran is showing the veteran you care. That's the, that's the biggest part of it. And, you know, veterans calling veterans, there's a camaraderie there. So it's, uh, they know they're talking to somebody that knows, you know, that, of, of the experiences they've had. So, so starting the conversation and listening is the biggest part of this and, uh, identifying what the veterans needs are and then, uh, finding the appropriate, uh, resources within the community. And as you know, every community that, that I see when I'm traveling, it's amazing the resources that are there. 
no matter no matter the size it's pretty amazing stuff and uh and another part of it is uh getting the families to come into the legion post or a community center whatever it is to talk about their families and and the and the veteran because a lot of times a veteran may not give all the information that uh that we need yeah but a family member may say something that would uh that would sort of trigger a response, you know? So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's working well in a lot of the, it, it, you know, I, I, I was with, I'm, I'm constantly on the road talking about this and the amount of people that come up to me and speak to me about the, uh, their, their family members that they lost or the family members, members that are suffering. Mm-hmm. It's really a travesty. And you don't realize how bad it is until you hear these family members stepping forward and they're suffering as well right. because of what's going on you know it's a it's a two-phase project you know yeah so this again is one of the highlights uh of the work the american legion is doing in support of uh of veterans um where do folks uh learn more uh about uh this program certainly not the only uh thing that you were involved in you uh have a number of issues that the american legion uh is working on this being priority number one especially uh in the context of veterans day and supporting veterans where do yes. folks where do folks get so they can go to they can go to be the one.org and okay. that's a uh, resource uh page they can get information from Again, uh, Jim Triola is National Commander of the American Legion, talking about the Be the One campaign to uh, address the uh, problem of veteran suicide. Uh, Again, one way that we can all uh, get involved in supporting not just veterans, their families as well. You highlight uh, something very important, and we will have a link on our webpage uh, for more information as well. Commander, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, You take care. Thanks for having me on. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Try explaining this one to your insurance company. A Northern California man is blaming a meteor for destroying his home. He says it went up in flames on Friday night after he heard a big bang happened on a cattle ranch in a secluded area of Nevada County. Several witnesses describe a bright ball of light falling from the sky. (laughs) A little late for Halloween, so it's not the war of the worlds, but the same kind of thing. Big, big, bright ball of light falling from the sky. The fire department expects to know the cause of the fire in a couple of weeks, but in the meantime... He is claiming that a meteor destroyed his home. NASA says the southern Torrid's meteor showers were expected to peak right around that time. So maybe he's right. Maybe it was a uh, meteor, but that's <laughs> is that is that covered? I don't know. Are there exclusions in your homeowner's policy for meteor damage? I don't know. <laughs> damage from outer space. Uh, elsewhere in the uh, broken news. The chief financial officer of Tyson Foods is under arrest. No, it is not some sort of corporate scandal or, you know, uh, insider trading, money laundering. And no, 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 none of that. Uh, John R. Tyson of Tyson Foods was found asleep in a stranger's bed. (laughs) Happened over the weekend when cops arrived. They found Mr. Tyson's clothes on the ground 
and he reeked of alcohol. The 32-year-old chief financial officer of Tyson Foods is now facing charges of criminal trespassing and public intoxication. <laughs> Alrighty. <clears throat> That's embarrassing. That's... This from the international file, the uh, broken news. Uh, just about anyone who is a parent uh, who has gone through the potty training process uh, with a, a toddler can certainly commiserate with this experience of uh, one woman outside of Newcastle, Newcastle, England. What was supposed to be your run-of-the-mill potty training turned into a rescue mission with firefighters being called after a two-year-old got her head stuck in the toilet seat. <laughs> uh, Kay Stewart uh, tells the uh, story of her daughter and uh, her two-year-old and her older teenage sister, Kay, and her uh, and the, the girl's older sister, Shannon, both attempted to remove the toilet seat before having to break down and call for a rescue. Um, when firefighters arrived, they had to remove the toilet seat with a hacksaw. Explaining the situation, Ms. Stewart says, quote, I was potty training Harper, that's my two-year-old, and had turned away for just a second when I heard cries of, Mommy, I'm stuck, coming from the bathroom. <laughs> when I rushed in, I found Harper standing in the bathroom with a potty seat around her neck. <laughs> I called Shannon for help. We both tried to get it off, but nothing was working. Harper was really upset, as you might expect. I would be, too, if I had a toilet seat stuck around my neck. Uh, so eventually, since nothing was working, Shannon called emergency services. Uh, Ms. Stewart has six children at total. Uh, she says her kids loved seeing the firefighters show up with their flashing lights. <laughs> the two-year-old was probably less enthused. The firefighters were so calming and kept the other kids busy whilst helping Harper. She said it was brilliant to see how quickly they helped us get the toilet seat off her head and Har Harper gave the firefighter a big hug to say thank you. So <laughs> All's well that ends well. <laughs> they certainly have a story to tell. Uh, I can imagine family dinners, Thanksgivings, Christmases in years uh, to come saying, hey, remember when you were potter training and got the toilet seat? Toilet Still no word on exactly how it happened. But uh, everything is just fine now. <laughs> uh, this is all kinds of weird. You know how inflation has been burying Americans under mounds of debt now? What is a cash-strapped consumer to do? Well, one customer hocked something very unusual at a Colorado pawn shop. The owner of Pasternak's Pawn Shop in Aurora, outside of Denver, said uh, they have seen uh, a big influx in the number of people selling stuff or pawning stuff uh, to raise money. Uh, the uh, owner, Scott Pasternak, uh, tells local news reporters, uh, our business has gone through the roof with the economy being much lower and people needing more money. But this may be the most unusual pawned item ever. And this is not something you see on Pawn Stars. 
uh, although I could see it happening, but I have never seen this. Uh, he told the uh, story, Scott Pasternak did, uh, of a customer who hawked a used coffin. A used coffin. <clears throat> Do you want to sell it or pawn it or what? Is that... How did you come across a used coffin? Isn't somebody still using it? I mean, is that not is that not something that <laughs> generally can't be used twice, can it? Um, <laughs> a used coffin. By the way, if you're interested in a secondhand coffin, uh, you can get it now on sale for $499 at Pasternak's Pawn Shop in Aurora, Colorado. I don't know. I don't know about that. I if there are certain things, I mean some things it's fine to buy secondhand. A coffin is not one of them. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want a used coffin. <laughs> not something that I want to that I want secondhand. But there you go. This is a crazy story. I uh, saw this this is a, uh, a kid on YouTube. Uh, posted about this. He wanted a birthday cake um, covered in black roses. I'm not sure why. That sounds like something kind of weird for for a celebratory cake. But uh, Robert Tolpe wanted the bakery to create a stunning birthday cake with red velvet and black icing in the shape of roses. And so he sent them a photo of what he wanted to the uh, to the bakery he said create it just like this what he didn't realize until it was too late when he received the cake was that he didn't send them the photo of the cake that he wanted he sent them a selfie <laughs> he accidentally sent him a selfie sent the baker a selfie of his unsmiling face which the bakery duplicated personally when he went to pick up the cake he found that he had one sh in the shape of his own head. <laughs> uh, Mr. Tolpe uh, said he ended up sticking candles into his forehead and using the cake anyway. Uh, in the end, he said it was a happy accident. The face cake is totally better. <laughs> I love it. And, fi <laughs> and finally, in the uh, broken news this morning... How crazy is this? A teenager calls, and this is uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Teenager calls 911 because her workplace was being robbed. And the person on the other end of the call happened to be her own mom. 16-year-old Tenya Hill of New Orleans was working at a local McDonald's restaurant when an armed robber forced her and the other employees into a freezer. The young lady called 911 and found herself talking to her own mother, Terry Clark, was a dispatcher, a 911 dispatcher in the city of New Orleans. She said, when my child told me that they were locked in the freezer, the mama part of me panicked, but the operator in me knew that I've got to get help for my child. Uh, Ms. Clark says she processed the call like she would any other but then she put down her headset and drove straight to the restaurant to make sure that her daughter was safe. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Police arrived on the scene after the robber had fled. 
and everybody was fine. But how crazy would that be to be a 911 operator and get a call like that from your own kid? My goodness. So kudos uh, to uh, Terry Clark for handling that uh, professionally and somehow managing to keep her wits about her. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely Absolutely free on the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet and Alexa devices. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. What does this say about our culture? A new study finds that nearly half of us have turned to alcohol to improve our self-confidence. This was a a survey of 2,000 adults, finds 49% have had a drink, have had to take a drink before an event or social occasion uh, of some kind. Among the most common events and social occasions that call for a little nip to take the edge off, 43% cited family gatherings. (laughs) 43% said they have to have a drink or two before a family gathering. <laughs> uh, 25% cited the first social outing with new colleagues at work. Kind of interesting. 23% will have a cold one or two before catching a flight. More than one in 20, 7% actually have had a shot of courage before a job interview. That can be a little risky, um, but that's what this says, 7% before a job interview. 10% uh, have done so before a video call. Hmm. So even if it's not an in-person thing, I thought that was kind of interesting. Among the top situations in which people drink to feel their best are on nights out, 55%, a holiday... 48%, and someone else's wedding day, 43%. Uh, The research was commissioned by Sentia, which is an alcohol-free spirit. They make alcohol-free spirits. Um, And his company co-founded by neuroscientist Professor David Nutt. Uh, He says a sixth of people, one-sixth of people, 17%, admit that they feel like the best version of themselves when they are drinking alcohol. However, 36% wish they could feel this way without having to rely on a drink, and 46% struggle with confidence in social situations if they are not drinking. You know, I'd be interested to see what the results are, what the results were pre-pandemic. I don't know if they did this survey before the pandemic, but I wonder if that changed anything as well. But it certainly speaks to our culture, I think, and not necessarily in a good way.
Well, we are coming up on the holiday season, and that is just, as you know, a crazy time of the year, an impossible time to stick to your normal routines, your normal schedules, and so on and so forth. So with that in mind, we are joined by New York Times bestselling author and physical fitness instructor, Tunde Oyanane, uh, with some tips on how to stick to your wellness routine during the holiday season when you're going about 100 miles a minute, you're constantly on the road, and you know other things. And Tunde, this kind of your life uh, on a regular basis. I mean, when you're not in the studio, you're um, you know off flying around all over the country, all over the uh, world. How do you make sure that you are still making time to stick to that fitness routine? Oh, you said it. Traveling and working out, two things that don't easily happen together. <laughs> I live it firsthand. I got to say, you know, I, I'm a Peloton instructor, but first and foremost, I'm a human being, uh, and I'm also a Peloton member. I go as far as to research, before I travel, I research which hotels have Peloton bikes in them, and I make my choice uh, based on that. And I know that sounds like outrageous and crazy, but it's so easy. Peloton has made it easy. I go to hotelfinder.onepeloton.com. There's a list of over 7,000 hotels across the globe that offer Peloton bikes. And so uh, just doing that back work, I am much more likely to actually go down to the hotel room because I've done that work on the back end. So it saves me every single time. And we just had the uh, story uh, not all that long ago, more and more uh, hotels going to be adding those uh, to their uh, fitness centers and so on and making them available. So just in time. How? What do you say to those? And we've talked uh, in the past about how important, and and we know how important uh, a fitness routine is. But it can be intimidating. What is your advice for someone who you know feels intimidated or overwhelmed by the idea of kickstarting a, a fitness routine? I would say to the person who uh, is discouraged or uh, about starting or intimidated about starting. I say, rather than waiting to the new year, I think it's the worst mistake, I say, rather than waiting to the new year to start, start today. Start today and start with just five minutes. Give yourself an attainable goal. Set yourself up for success by committing to just five minutes. You can log into the Peloton app, take a five-minute stretch. Stretch counts as movement. Movement is medicine. When you show up today for five minutes, add on another five minutes tomorrow. And by the end of the week, we're in a 20-minute workout together. I think that so often we give ourselves these, uh, these lofty goals, especially when we're just starting or we're starting for the first time in a while. We say, I'm going to work out every day this week. And then we say, or we say, I'm going to work out five times this week. I'm going to work out an hour every time. And then when you fall off course, you show up day one and then you don't show up for the second workout, we feel defeated. And rather than setting us ourselves up for that, that feeling of defeat, I say set yourself up for a win because when you win, you are more likely to show up the next day because we all want to win again. So start in bite-sized shoes, work your way up. If you fall off course, you're not really falling off course, 
that was part of the plan anyway. Stay dedicated. So, uh, as we mentioned, we're coming up on the holiday season. Uh, when people fall into one of two camps, uh, either they will use the uh, hectic holidays as an excuse to uh, maybe not do something that they weren't that wild about to begin with, or they legitimately will be so pressed for time and and so overwhelmed that... Uh, you know, it'd be easy to uh, let those healthy habits kind of fall by the wayside. So with that in mind, how do we make sure that we stick to it when things get as crazy as they are about to get here over the next several weeks? People always ask me, Tunde, how do I stay motivated? Dedication breeds motivation. When you stay dedicated to something, when you stay dedicated to it, you are motivated to show up simply based off your dedication. So if you're saying, I only have 10 minutes today. I love to flip that. I say, yes, I have 10 minutes today. 10 minutes can be spent uh, going for a walk, picking up the kids, going up and down the stairs in the office on your lunch break. 10 minutes can be a dance party with Beyonce and Mary J in the living room. If you have 10 minutes, use the 10 minutes. I think that often when we, when we say we only have 10 or 15 minutes, we don't work out that day. We don't move that day. And then when we don't move that day, not moving the next day sounds really fun too. And so it's this ripple effect. So if you have five or 10 or 15 minutes, use it. It'll keep you dedicated. It'll keep you motivated uh, for the next day. The next day when you have 20 or 30 minutes, it's all, it's all about consistency. So uh, just kind of changing your mindset is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have versus I only have or I yeah. don't have. Yeah, I love it. Uh, again, a New York Times bestselling author and a physical fitness instructor, Atunde Oyenain, uh, with us this morning. Uh, where do we get to more information? You can find more information at hotelfinder.onepeloton.com. And this is not exclusive to our Peloton members. If you are brand new, we're talking to you. I, I Honestly, I say, if you've never tried the Peloton and you're curious, well, go that's... to that hotelfinder.onepeloton.com. Try the Peloton for the first time. We'd love to have you. We'd love to see It would you be a perfect opportunity while you are on the go uh, during the uh, holiday season. Absolutely. We'll get a link up on our webpage as well. Tunde, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, honoring those who have served as we count down to Veterans Day, Flag City Honor Flight President Bob Weinberg will talk about his service as a sentinel at Arlington Cemetery's Tomb of the Unknowns. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.